You're listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. So I'd love to talk about your piece this week on post-pandemic sex work in Dunedin. Um, what was your inspiration for this piece? Yeah, um, mostly just talking to, to local sex workers um, through friends and, and hearing about some of the experiences that I've been having just over the past few years and how um, the sort of sex work landscape in Dunedin has has changed in recent times, um, in some cases quite dramatically. So I just wanted to put that to, to words and, and dig a bit deeper in there. So what did you find most interesting when researching for this piece? Or what was your kind of biggest takeaway? Um, when researching the piece... Uh, Talking to the sex workers that have that have worked in Dunedin, um, as well as um, the national correspondent for the New Zealand Prostitutes Collective, um, Dame Catherine Healy was was really really cool to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a lot of insight into sex work and what it was like in the eighties and nineties, and then how it's changed since. And that was just really cool to hear um, and see how our Laws are, are, are really unique um, worldwide, and how that's sort of changed the way sex work looks in Dunedin and in New Zealand mm-hmm. compared to literally anywhere else in the world. Are there changes? I mean, the laws now are clearly better than they were in the 80s and 90s, as you'll find if you read the piece. But it's, is there anything that was kind of highlighted to you that still needs to be or could be done in the sex work space? Yeah, so there's a lot of, um, on an individual level or a, I guess more societal level, um, just the stigma of mm-hmm. of sex work um, is the biggest thing, and that's the biggest thing um, in New Zealand, um, and it's the biggest thing in a lot of places. Yeah. Um, but that's always been the case, and um, it's definitely gotten a lot better, uh, but there's still a lot of stigma. Um, you saw banks in the past few years deny sex workers... Uh, business accounts mm-hmm. or brothels um, on moral reasons. Um, so there's still a lot of that stigma. And then there is some sort of smaller le- uh, legislative changes that um, sex workers and advocates believe need to be need to be made. Um, one of them is the migrant um, exclusion from, mm-hmm. from the Sex Work Act, um, which means that it's, it's illegal for, for migrants to do sex work, um, unlike anyone else. And that makes uh, the migrants who inevitably do do sex work uh, makes it a lot um, a lot less safe for them, uh, and that includes students at our university. That includes um, like international students and stuff. Uh, so that's something that could be changed for the better. Interesting. And so the other piece I want to talk about is the BYO wine pairing uh, yes. feature, um, <laughs> because it, it stirred a bit of controversy when reading it this morning. Um, and so I kind of want to know what are your thoughts on the recommended wines, and then also what is your go-to wine pairing at a BYO? Um, so we we did actually get an email this morning um, from someone who is clearly a big Riesling fan, um, and. I don't necessarily um, enjoy wine enough to um, <laughs> email my my thoughts about a about a wine pairing piece. But um, in all honesty, I, I do I do like a riesling. So mm-hmm. um, know your scene, uh, random emailer. Um, 
But I think overall, uh, obviously it's a lighthearted piece, and obviously the the, the we're looking at pieces uh, bottles of wine that that students are going to be buying for mm-hmm. BYOs. They're not the nicer ones. Um, yeah, they're the cheaper stuff. So I think with those. Um, Guy dies in place. Yeah, I'd, I'd say I agree with with most of the recommendations there. That was a Radio One ninety one FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast. <laughs>